What's up, guys? Welcome to the hey. WAN Show. We've got a great show lined up for you this week. The best. Man, the EU Digital Markets Act. It sounds super boring, but could be an absolute game changer. Actually spicy. Can you imagine sending a message from your Signal app to someone else's iMessage app? Pretty crazy. <laughs> What else we got this week? Oh yeah, Microsoft and Okta were hacked by Lapsus, but some arrests have been made. Yeah. And uh, the culprit isn't who you might have thought. Really? Well, depending on... Okay, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about I it. I 100% did, but okay. Uh, V7 <laughs> fake profile AI detector. Uh, actually sounds like it could be cool. Deep fakes are, are, are picking up pretty heavily lately there's been some really crazy ones and this should be able to detect them which is very interesting i think it's got to be this next one down here huh the one that i highlighted uh oh well, really yeah come on that's a main topic isn't it is it i thought the okay so linus wants to shout out ukraine selling invasion timeline nfts uh which is another NFT topic. NFTs for... We talk about every week, despite good? not liking them. Maybe? That's... I mean, that's I, fair enough. I don't know. Uh, I, don't I was going to say, Intel introduces new ATX PSU specs, which is... No, I think I think Riley being a character in a video game yeah! is more interesting than that. That's pretty cool. That's awesome, actually. <laughs> All right, let's roll the intro. That's sweet. Thanks. <laughs> Works. Why don't we jump right into our first topic for the day, which is, of course, LTTstore.com. Haha, <laughs> got him! Okay, but seriously, though, we have hair scrunchies now. Oh, hey, those are cute? out. All right, cool. yeah, LTTstore.com. Okay, no, but seriously, our first topic of the day is the EU Digital Markets Act. This is a huge flipping deal. The EU Parliament on Thursday reached an agreement on a package of laws called the Digital Markets Act to curb technology companies' anti-competitive conduct. It's so obvious. Okay. Oh, man. I, I, I want to start a Hot new... Hot takes! No. Hot no. takes! I want to start a new, streak, <laughs> a new streak with no spicy takes. No, you already did. No, no, but it's just... It is so <laughs> infuriating dealing oh, with good. Apple apologists or really any big There's, tech company yeah, apologist kind of the board, to be honest. Where yeah. they they go, "Oh, but the benefits are blah, blah, blah. No, they told you the benefits are that. The real benefits are this. And that's it. That's actually it. And Anyone who wants to try to justify, like, oh man, the Epic versus Apple thing was one that was particularly frustrating because on Twitter, people would just have these long back and forths that I'm tagged in, or they would send me these long tweet threads about how, you know, bad Epic is and how they're only in it for the money and this and that. And it's like, no, you just obviously do not understand the issue. Anyone that argues against right to repair or, or free and yeah. open competition is just 
incorrect because if you are anyone other than a significant shareholder in that company or uh, an executive of that company, there is nothing in it for you. There is literally nothing in it for you to anti-competitive behavior. You want competition. The more, the absolute merrier. And apparently the EU parliament has figured it out, which is kind of amazing because they certainly don't get everything right. I would also like to say that it's it's cool that this legislation is applying to what they're calling gatekeeper companies that have a value of over 75 billion euros or an annual sales of 7.5 billion euros and 45 million monthly users uh, and and platforms. That note and platforms is kind of odd. I'm well, not sure exactly where that's supposed to be. And platforms, I think, probably has a specific definition. Yeah, just dropping it there, floating is a little interesting. But basically, it seems like they're just trying to target actual big dog players. Yes. Which is which is kind of nice. Because some of these, I think they shoot a little too low into companies that are still extremely in the small business range and that it's like kind of rough for them to deal with it sometimes. Um, but companies at that size, of course, they can absorb basically whatever. So yeah, sweet. Try to make the world better. So the proposed rules would require ensuring interoperability of their instant messaging services, basic functionality. I mean, so this is something, cool. this is something we should all be outraged didn't happen. I mean, uh, was it leaked communication? I think it was leaked communication from Apple where they talked about interoperability between iMessage mm. and other messaging apps and not doing it in order to increase friction for abandoning the iPhone. Yeah. Like to make sure that parents wouldn't buy nice shiny iPhones for themselves and cheap Android kicker phones for their kids to, to, to make sure that they have iMessage, which has always been kind of baffling to me why anyone gives two hoots about iMessage. Yeah. It was really cool for like a few months because you could send text messages over data. Every, every time then, we talk about it, some people come out of the woodwork and... Tell us how stupid we are for not thinking iMessage is amazing. Yeah, and then all the reasons that they list, I'm like, oh, I don't care. <laughs> I could not possibly care less. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so we know, and, and to be clear, there's no way that it's only Apple. Don't kid yourself. Oh, yeah. It's just an easy example because there was that leak. Especially now that they're all data-based. Not like in a database. Based on data rather than SMS. Okay. Especially now that they're all based on data. There is absolutely no reason that they couldn't operate uh, compatibly with each other. There's going to be some weird stuff like uh, sure. Apple has that. Like has an that, emojis. Yeah. For example. If certain features. So, it, well, the thing is, too, though, that if they are forced to be interoperable, then Apple could say, okay, look, yeah, the processing's on you. But an an emoji is just a short video. I'm not 100% certain how yeah, it works. Yeah, that's what it is. Okay. So basically, it scans your face with their 3D dot nonsense. Oh, okay, and it's just and then And then, whatever. yeah, and, okay. and so you can make facial expressions. It records that and then sends it. So Apple probably has a, a, like a, an abstracted, because they can assume that all of the assets are available on the other device, Apple could probably do it with very little data transmission. But if Apple were to say, okay, yeah, well, we'll we'll process it into a video, but it's on you to 
to download and decode that video. Like, that's your problem. You store that on your servers. That's a way that it could be interoperable. I also wonder what but, to what degree they have to be interoperable. Because you could send a message, but then have certain features not necessarily work. Because I'm sure live streaming to someone from a Discord chat to a iMessage chat would probably be pretty complicated. But... And, and like potentially sending an emoji the other way efficiently might be kind of annoying or complicated or whatever as well. But you could send text messages, which is the bulk of both of those platforms anyways. So right. like, does that count as interoperability? They're technically working together, just not full features. Um, I think that would be fine, personally. Bloof Derp says, every time someone SMSs me and tells me to use WhatsApp, I reply via SMS and tell them I don't use Facebook slash meta services. I mean, yeah, okay. Why don't you tell them to use Telegram or Signal then? Like, the point is that you don't need iMessage. N nobody needs iMessage. Yeah. Uh, okay, also... The ability to opt to use other safe app store alternatives. That's huge. That's exactly what Epic Games was going for with their lawsuit. So if this goes through, if Apple is forced to open it up in the EU, if nothing else, legislators in other parts of the world would have to take another look at Apple and Google, for that matter, at both Apple and Google's behavior around their App Store and Play Store. Yeah, this would be sweet. Yeah. Uh, the right to uninstall preloaded apps. Like, this is just such an obvious list of things that no consumer should oppose. I wonder, so this, is, this isn't just applying to phones, right? So this would apply to Windows? <laughs> Finally. That's pretty interesting because Windows Seven is getting real gross. It's, just to be honest, it's almost like it's almost like the legislators might be actual people who actually use these freaking products and have the same bloody frustrations that we do. Why do I have to have an app that I do not want? There is no good reason for it other than f you, Linus. That's it. Sorry, I just uh, lost the internet for a second, but I'm back. Um, yeah. The rules would require businesses to be able to access data that they generate. Now, that one, I'm not 100% sure of the meaning of. Yeah, me neither. And why is it just businesses? Yeah. Not because I, I believe there's a certain amount of, like, you can request your data from platforms as a person. Mm -hmm. Was that not afforded to businesses? That I don't know. I'm not certain. Um, advertising transparency with tools to verify ad reach. Okay, that's super cool because I remember the handful of times that we played around with boosted posts on Facebook. As far as we could tell, there was just no real rhyme or reason to it. Sometimes you'd spend a little bit and get a lot. Sometimes you'd spend a lot and get a little. And I just was like, um, okay. And it almost just feels like they're taking uh, like a behavioral conditioning approach to it where you spend a little bit and it gives you a lot and kind of gets you, yeah, come on, 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 right? Because obviously it's in their best interest to optimize the amount of money that you spend on advertising sure. and find that perfect balance where you won't stop spending money so it's effective enough but not too effective because, well, there's only a finite amount of inventory, finite number of eyeballs. So as, so as someone who's been on both sides, 
you, you've you've essentially bought advertisement through Facebook, like you said, and I know there's been purchased advertisement outside of that, I believe. Yep. Um, and a big part of your business is creating content that gets ads on it. Do you think this will help? Because we, we've been talking for a long time about how YouTube has always been in this weird space where traditional advertisers are like, podcasts? Yeah, podcasts are great. But then YouTube has just been like weird. They don't really want to sponsor YouTube for some reason. Do you think this might help? Um, No, I don't think so because... Google and YouTube in particular already do a pretty excellent job of okay. overall transparency. But I mean, this would apply to... Uh, okay. I, sh I shouldn't have been so specific Hold on. about YouTube. Can I clarify? I, it's not overall transparency. Transparency with respect to advertising impressions and things like that, at least on the YouTube side. I know that there's been a lot of, I know there's been a lot of nonsense around like, you know, you'd see websites back in the day that had like 25 banner ads at the bottom of them. And it's like way below the fold and nobody ever saw it. Like, okay, sorry, carry on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I shouldn't have been so specific about YouTube because you guys make content on Instagram and TikTok. Oh and yeah, I guess we Facebook do. Facebook and everything else. Do you think it would help on those? I doubt it. I doubt it. I think that influencer marketing is already pretty well accepted by most brands. I mean, there are exceptions. I'd say that when you when you get into really like stuffy, slow moving industries, like I remember the first time we talked to a tool company, or rather, I should say, I remember the first time we didn't talk to a tool company <laughs> because they, you know, just had absolutely internet. What's that? Oh my! As far as I could tell, they were they were still sending POs by mail. Like it was just ridiculous. And I wouldn't be surprised. You know, YouTube. Who would watch YouTube? <laughs> Lots of people watch YouTube. You know, <laughs> right? So I your successor. I, yeah, it's really hard to say. I think you just have to wait for you know marketing summits and people to just kind of figure it out. Sure. In time. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. think it's reached a critical mass already. Um, no they, more self-preferencing. So Google can't put shopping service at the top of each search results. I don't yeah. think they do that too much these days. Well, they shouldn't do it at all. They definitely sell a lot of search results. Way more than I feel like they did in the past. I've started shifting to DuckDuckGo. Yeah, purely because higher above the fold is just ads now. Google has become less efficient, yeah. genuinely. Yeah. Like I'm not necessarily switching there for privacy reasons or whatever else, which is great. And I'm happy that they have that. But I'm switching because it's literally faster because the Google results are just, yeah, it's an entire page of sponsors. It's really frustrating. Companies would also be barred from combining personal data for targeted advertising without consent. Wow. Platform owners can no longer require app developers to use certain services to be listed in app stores. So uh, that would include payment processors. So you could use your own payment processor. Notably, Google is trialing allowing Spotify to use a third-party payment processor on the Play Store. Of course, this shouldn't be a trial. This should just be, no, you actually just have to do that. If, if they have the means to use their own payment processor, then like, yeah. It, it needs to be it needs to be open and competitive uh, and allow app developers fair access to supplementary functionalities of smartphones. This is a really interesting one. And obviously, there's going to be something more recent. But I'm reminded of when I think it was the gyro in one of the very early iPhones that was locked off from developers early on. Oh. 
Do you remember that? And there was a whole controversy around that? I don't remember what part it was, but I, I do believe I remember this. I don't know. There's been a lot of Wayne Show topics. Guys, um, let us know. Let us know in the float plane chat if you can think of an example of a supplementary functionality of a smartphone that developers have not had fair access to. And when you think fair access, you could think of it in terms of that it is being monetized by the first party company in a way that third parties cannot compete with. Ah, NFC on the iPhone, says Jax. Yeah, it has NFC on it. But Apple's like, mm, that's our NFC. <laughs> okay. You don't get to use it. Yeah, NFC. That's a really great, yeah, really great example. So stupid. And current, currently relevant. Yep. And they would have to inform the European Commission of their acquisitions and mergers. Penalties for violations. This is where things get really interesting. So good. Could, this makes me so happy. I don't, okay, go for it. Could be as high as 10% of annual global revenues, or even 20% for repeated infractions. Which is good, because so many times when something happens with one of these companies, they get the most minute slap on a wrist. Yeah. That they like genuinely don't care about. It, it reminds me of business. when like people shower some like super hyper rich person in praise for donating money to something, and then they do a calculation, and they're like, oh, if they have an average income, this was like literally $8. And it's like... Okay. It's like it feels like that. It's like, oh, they got oh my goodness, Facebook got fined for a million dollars. Yeah. It's like, yeah, Facebook doesn't care. It's like you they got you gotta hit them hard. Probably made a million dollars while you were talking about it. Like it's Yeah. Like you got you gotta you gotta get harder than that. So this is good. This might mean it's actually enforced. Because a lot of things are just ignored because the it's it's more convenient and sometimes literally cheaper to just pay the fee. And that's stupid. So I'm happy it's expensive. Hmm. Wording of legislation is yet to be finalized. There was a few things in here that felt a little vague. So that probably makes sense. Uh, it will be approved by the European U Union Parliament and Council uh, later, I guess. If passed, if passed, it would go into effect in October. Our discussion question here, and honestly, we'd love for you guys to join us in the chat and talking about this is which of those things are you most excited for? Honestly, it's hard to decide. They're all amazing. I think because of my particular context, uh, being able to use like outside uh, payment stuff in app stores is pretty huge because that's big for Floatplane in particular. Beefire just outed themselves as um, someone who doesn't get it. More government control. You'd think Canadians would have learned. No, this is a government body stepping in to reduce corporate control. Everything here is about loosening an iron fist. How is it not clear? Like, this is one of those things. I just don't get it. How can you oppose being allowed to remove crap you don't want from your devices. When, when companies are, and, are valued in the hundreds of billions, they have control over and, something. And companies as a rule. being forced to make their products interoperable. How can you oppose pro-consumer legislation? Because they won't do it on their own. That is the role of a government to make sure that 
things are operating as they are supposed to for the benefit of the citizens. Come on. Oh, I just, I, yeah, I, I also, just other, can't. Other than the end platforms quote, which we're still a little bit unsure about, this is applying to companies worth, uh, with a value of over 75 billion euros. Yeah. Like, yeah, good. This is not applying to the average person. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Silence, brand. Skateboy208 says, I'd like my rights back to own my device inside and out. Yeah, 100%. 100%. It just makes me it makes me angry when people just buy into the propaganda like that. And honestly, I don't even necessarily blame the individuals. Like the right to repair, the right to repair argument is so full of nonsense that it it is legitimately really hard to filter out the BS. Yeah. Like you've got you've got companies talking about how it will it will it will destroy the very fabric of the universe if we if, if farmers we have... allowed to fix their own tractors yeah which they've been doing forever and are extremely good at it <laughs> exactly man if you ever want to go down a rabbit hole make your way into farming YouTube it's nuts the kind of tech that some of these supposed you know hicks or whatever you take your your stereotypical farmer yeah. as portrayed in the media <laughs> a lot of these folks are nothing like that smart they are as hell. tech savvy as yeah. anyone smart as a whip like just yeah i i i love it the kind of tech the, that is making food growing more uh, more scalable than ever is just amazing one of the things i've always found interesting in that space is the mixture of kind of old and new tech so they'll take like yep. old school, non-computerized, like this is this is like how the world works style, like physics tech, which farmers have been using forever. And they'll mix it with like monitoring softwares and all, all this type of stuff. And it's just, it's so cool. I don't know. I think it's awesome. Really smart stuff. Uh, apparently Rossman recently uh, uploaded a video about Maryland denying to even review a right to repair bill. And it's just just sickening. Yeah, I mean, you can you can just absolutely tell where legislators are in the pocket of these corporations, and I don't understand why we are. It's it's especially frustrating when I see that it seems to be particularly one political group that gets really angry about not having the right to do whatever they want sometimes, but then doesn't worry about not having the right to do whatever they want in other cases. And it to just fair, seems to... This applies to both sides. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so it's so... so if you're getting offended by this, it... it, it it's, you're probably self, every... Self-reflect. You're probably everyone. <laughs> um, and and it's, it's just so frustrating because it, it's just... How hard is it to have some consistency? If you're... If you're... Whether you're... I'm just trying to think of examples for both sides so I can kind of cover my butt here. Uh, you know what? It's not I coming to mind. Even do it. Yeah, it's not coming to mind easily, so I'm not going to bother. But you should be just as outraged about not having the right to repair your device as you are about not having the right to anything else that is your personal property. That's one of that's one of the foundational that's one of the foundational principles of western society. Like it's 
the 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 right to own property. It's it's like right there. It's fun fact. We actually don't have that like at all in Canada. No, which is which is interesting. There's a few, yeah. There's a few things that I think a lot of Canadians think we have because they know the American law. And then you look in Canada, it's like, oh nope, <laughs> not a thing. Yeah, I love it. <sighs> I I don't love all of it. I'll say that much. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so I haven't I haven't picked a regulation to be most excited about. I think if I was trying to think big picture, you know, I would. I would say, oh yeah, yeah, it's you know the advertising transparency and tools to verify ad reach and companies being barred from combining personal data, like you know, like privacy things like that are are really huge steps that would benefit benefit people as a whole. But if I'm thinking personally, man, I gotta really like. There's so, so there's some comments about that while you think about that. There's some comments about the being able to use our own payment processor thing. My ideal way to do it, and actually how we mapped it out originally when we decided to make apps for Flowplane, was to have Apple Pay and Google Pay be a part of the payment processor suite in the app. Uh, because to be completely honest, it's just extremely easy to use them. And some people would rather take the ease of use of being able to press essentially one button yep. and just have it work. Uh, but it's going to be more expensive because they are really expensive. They are so expensive that we would literally make nothing yep. if we use them because we we try to not take too much. Um, so it's just, it's not feasible to use them. Now, you know what? If it came down to it, I would offer it as an option, but it can't be the only option and we would have to scale up the price so that we still made some amount of money. That isn't allowed um there's been some saying that it is allowed and then we do it and then we get taken off the store and then we get back up and then they call us and they're like hey but you're allowed to do it and i'm like hey but we did it and you blocked us and we end up in this infinite cycle forever so not really it doesn't really work at least not for us um so i don't know being officially allowed and have it be enforced by the eu would be cool because then we could have both options on the store and one is just going to be a little bit more expensive. And we're not even going to scale it up. We're only going to scale it up by exactly the amount of difference that it costs us for us to use that service. That's it. We're not going to try to profit more off of those things. Um, but it does cost us more to use them. So it'll cost users more to use them. Bacon Dragon points out, this isn't even all they have. They're working at a sister bill, Digital Services Act. So watch out for that. Uh, it's Kiblu says, does this have anything to do with anyone not living in Europe? Absolutely. Anytime you see momentum, it will build. Once you've got these kinds of consumer rights in Europe, the excuses that companies like Apple and Google and Microsoft can come up with to continue to behave in an anti-consumer manner start to run out pretty quickly. You know how how do I as as a as a as a spokesperson for one of for Facebook, how do I with a straight face stand there and speak to an American legislator or member of the public or uh, media outlet and say, oh yeah, we simply couldn't do X when it's already working across the ocean completely fine because it will. It's not worth it for them to completely pull out of a market the size of the EU, which is one of the things that can be very powerful about a block like that. To be clear, I'm not saying that it's uh, perfect. I'm just saying that it can be a benefit. 
Quick clarification. Someone asked, when you talk about Apple Pay and Google Pay, you mean purchases through the App Store and Google Play Store, right? Well, no, they shouldn't be synonymous. That's the whole point. But that is what I mean, is purchases through the store. I, I, I understand there's, you can use whatever but yes i'm talking about through the store they have specific pricing for that um also someone pointed out like twitch has higher pricing on their app than on their website it's like yeah when when i try to appeal it i am not allowed to use examples of other apps that do it the other way it is specific i'm specifically not allowed when when they called me i brought it up because i'm like i have you on the phone so i can say whatever i want (laughs) and i listed like a bunch of different apps that do it the right way and they're like well we'll look into that and i'm like to be clear I'm not trying to get them in trouble. It's just clearly a double standard. Giant billion dollar company can do what they want and we can't. Yet again, problem. Annoying. Oh man. Uh Noki uh eleven nineteen says, You didn't mention that Apple's response to uh you didn't mention Apple's response that Safari is an essential part of iPhone functionality. It sure as heck isn't. Man, that Microsoft has tried that argument so many times. Why do they get away with it? Why does anyone get away with it? No, it's an app. It's a web browser. That's what it is. So frustrating. You can, you can browse files. I can't pick a favorite one. I'm having a really hard time with this. You know what? I'm going to go with the right to uninstall preloaded apps. There. That enhances my privacy because there's no reason for any of those apps to phone home. It declutters my device. I like it a lot. Uh, I like that one. I, I think it's a big... It's just... That one in particular is just so black and white, cut and dried, obvious that nobody should object to it. If you object to it, I don't know what to tell you. I would probably more strongly consider moving off of pixels if that was a thing. Yeah, for sure. Because that's been my biggest, I hate that stuff. And that's pushed me away from using other phones a lot. Uh, Conrad mentioned in Twitch chat, uh, Twitch subscribe is $5 Canadian on desktop and it's 7 dollars and 90 cents canadian on mobile that's the type of scale we're talking about yeah <laughs> the the app payments are rough dudes it's it's like not okay delvin Ugh. fr says samsung cl- forcing the install of OneDrive when samsung cloud closed was so annoying agreed agreed man oh it's too bad that the ensuring interoperability bit Oh, it's it's too bad that's only instant messaging services because how awesome would it be if Apple was forced to allow you to back up your iPhone to Dropbox? Or Google Drive. Or Google Drive. <laughs> or whatever you want. Why do they have the right to tell me where I can put my data? They shouldn't. It doesn't make any sense. And don't tell me, oh, boo-hoo, Apple, Apple needs their cloud revenue in order to survive. No, they don't. They're doing fine, and they would do fine without it. And if they actually had to compete, then it would be a benefit for everyone because your iCloud backup would have to be competitively priced. Stop simping for billion And what if I don't want, what if I don't want a cloud backup? What if I just want to back up to my NAS at home? More interoperability is good. It's good. It's great. We should always agree with more interoperability and more open standards. Cool. Steely Boy in Flowplane Chat says, what about online retailers that charge a service fee for using a new payment method, i.e. adding a new card? I've literally never heard of that. I have never heard of that before. (laughs) I don't even know if that's a thing. I've never... (laughs) 
how, how would that even work? Uh, anyways. Hmm. Huh, okay. Should we move on? Yeah, yeah, let's move on. Let's talk about the uh, the lapsus arrests. Do you want to talk us through this one? Microsoft and Okta, I've never actually tried to pronounce that uh, out loud before, so I'm going to say Okta, hacked by lapsus. Uh, some arrests have been made, sort of. We'll talk about that in a little bit. On Monday evening, Lapsus stated on their Telegram channel that they gained access to some of Okta's proprietary data. Uh, Okta's CEO, Todd McKinnon, said that the uh, data is from a hack that was from two months ago. The matter was investigated and contained by the subprocessor. And he said that it was no breach of the company's service. It was through a uh, support engineer's laptop. They got limited access to data. Lapsus disagrees. <laughs> is the the short term answer. Yeah. Uh, they're claiming that the that Okta is downplaying the severity of the breach, which in this scenario could be really bad. Um, they're saying that they were able to log into a super user portal with the Ooh. ability to reset the password um, and multi-factor authentication of roughly 95% of clients. Um, oh, that's which is really bad. A massive oof. Um, Cloudflare CEO Matthew Price has stated that they are aware of the compromise and will be, or sorry, that they are aware of the, yeah, compromise, and they will be resetting Okta credentials of employees who have changed passwords in the last four months. Uh, we don't use this at any of the things, just so you know. Um, yeah, also, good to know. <laughs> also on Monday, Lapsus posted a BitTorrent link to an archive purportedly containing a source code for Bing, Bing Maps and Cortana. <laughs> this group is just going nuts over the last little while. It's been crazy. Does anybody want the source code for Bing Maps? <laughs> How not to create a dumpster fire? <laughs> oh, my. Um, okay. Anyways, Bleeping Computer reported that there are 37 gigabytes of source code. That's a lot of code. That's a lot. That's uh, a lot of code. <laughs> Microsoft says, we are aware of the claims and investigating which is very non-committal, but that is what it is. That's what it's going to be. On Thursday, it was reported that seven suspects aged... So this was the part you were surprised yeah, about? Yeah, I was surprised. I am not at all. Okay, fine, yeah. fine. On Thursday, it was reported that seven suspects aged 16 to 21... 16? Yeah. And like poning Microsoft and NVIDIA? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, they were arrested in London and later released while the investigation continues. That's why I said the sort of part. They have been released at this time. Uh, the main notable character is a 16-year-old from Oxford, the online tag being white or breach base, uh, who has allegedly accumulated over 300 BTC through hacking activities such as SIM swapping. Uh, they were hacked twice, apparently, and gambled a bunch, losing most of it. Um, they were ousted, apparently, by rival hackers who posted uh, private photos of white with their family, along with name, address, date of birth, and education. Also known as... Doxing. White got doxxed. Yeah. Lapsus has stated that they might be quiet for a while as some members are going on vacation until the end of the month. Vacation, you say? In a party van. Um, <laughs> um, okay. Discussion uh, question is who's next? Should we make a betting pool? No. At this point, they're just cleaving everybody. Who knows? It could be anyone. <laughs> this group is crazy. Um, they're on, they're on quite a tear. I, I don't is, remember anything like it. This is pretty legendary. I'm not gonna, 
I'm not going to lie. This okay, is, don't glorify this is it. I, legendary doesn't mean good, just like how great doesn't mean good. It's a scale. Okay. A scale is... But we all agree that Halo really is best <laughs> on legendary. So I think there's a connotation there. Okay, okay. I don't mean... By that, I don't mean good. But the... the, the it's, its impact is very large... They're they're hitting many things and they're hitting them very hard. They're they're hacking many Gibsons. Yeah. Okay. All the Gibsons. All the Gibsons. Yep. Unreal. That's I crazy. am very interested in this fake profile AI detector. We really needed something like this. And I hope competitors crop up and I hope it becomes a big thing because like So check out this profile. You know, to the to the human eye. This looks pretty per perfectly legit, right? Okay, yeah, seems like a pretty good quote. Got lots of connections, including some mutual connections. Would I click accept if someone had multiple mutual connections and looked like fairly real like this? Yeah, maybe. But this is just an AI-generated random person from bits of averaging bits of other people, pretty much, is what we're looking at here. And these kinds of fake profiles have become a real problem. So it could be bots trying to sell you something or much worse. So Alberto Rizzoli, co-founder and CEO of V7 Labs, uh, reached out to us about a Chrome extension that his team developed to help combat this problem. It's not enough meat for a full LTT video, but we definitely did want to talk about it and share it with you guys. The extension can apparently quickly determine with greater than 99% certainty whether a profile picture was AI generated. That's pretty insane. That is so cool. That's cool. They don't, to be fair, these accounts don't only use AI generated profile photos. No, but when it's not an AI generated profile picture, it's a lot easier to do a reverse Google yes. image search and find yeah. out, okay, am I being catfished? Let's say in a dating context or, you know, is this person, does this model actually know that someone is using their profile picture on LinkedIn or whatever the case may be? And that could very easily end up being a feature of this service or a competing service in the future yeah. where they go, hey, this photo is used by mm -hmm. this many other profiles. These other profiles uploaded it first, maybe take a glance at this. For an example of how these, uh, you know, these AI generated people don't necessarily look weird in uncanny valley. We're going to head to thispersondoesnotexist.com. You can generate a random human face in one click and downloaded it. All are AI-generated fake person photos, man, woman, or child. Check this out. Would you know that that is not a real person? Nope. She looks all. like an inmate, but other than that, looks real to me. Because they have an orange this shirt. This guy looks like every tech bro programmer ever. <laughs> the most generic tech bro of all time. Yeah, I've done this before and it's it's kind of stunning. I, I mean, was, happy graduation, right? When I when I first heard about this, I was just like, there's there's no way. And I did a bunch of reverse image searches on like a ton of them because I was like, they gotta just be scraping this from somewhere. But yeah, they're generated. It's how oh, real does she look? Yep pretty real like even got little subtle asymmetry and like the lines around the eyes and stuff like that it's madness madness 
Oh, it's taking a minute this time. This is actually. I think a bunch DDoS of people protection. are hitting the site. Yeah. Oh, guys. Okay. You know what? I'm assuming would, that's what's happening. What would she think of this? Okay. Wait, we just got the same one. What? No. Whoa. Whoa. I guess they did them like ahead of time. They must have. Yeah. All right. There you go. Yeah, Luke. Are, is your screen still up? Yeah. Yeah, Luke and I both have the same AI-generated person. Oh, wonder if there's any differences. Doesn't look like it. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. All right, cool. Oh, Luke. Sorry. Way to be, Luke. Sorry. Now, one problem that I foresee with the V7 fake profile AI detector is that one of the most um, I don't know if effective, it's very effective and pretty well understood now. Uh, one of the most well understood ways of tackling a machine learning problem is using what's called adversarial neural networks, where you will, you will, in order to make your fake less easily detectable, you will actually create another opposing AI that is designed to detect your fake and that will improve the abilities of your fake. So if they're 99% effective, choice. wouldn't a great way for me to improve my fake profile picture generator be to spit out 1,000, 10,000, 100,000, 100 million profile pictures, find out what works about the 1% of them, <laughs> And then eliminate whatever it's, isn't working about the rest it, it, using this extension. It's not like V7 or any potential competitors would just fold at that time, though. It, it, it becomes an arms race at that point. And, and so far, it's mostly been uh, an arms race with one side. And now there's two sides, which is good. That's about it. Yeah, apparently the page has overload protection, and we, we absolutely hit it. Whoops. Sorry. My bad. <clears throat> What's not bad is telling you about our sponsors. Thanks. Thanks to Dot Tech Domains for sponsoring today's show. If you love challenges and want to win some awesome prizes while you're at it, make sure to check out Dot Tech's Break the Code contest. The Break the Code puzzle contest is back for 2022, and 2.0 is looking to be even better than last year. You can win a $12,000 custom setup with the latest equipment, a dbrand skin MacBook Pro, a script from The Matrix signed by Keanu Reeves, and so much more. Essentially, you run through four disk drives with mind-numbing puzzles, and each one you solve enters you in to win a prize. It's got a retro Windows 98 theme to go with its tricky challenges, and it's a ton of fun. Try and break the code to win some insane prizes today using the link in the show description. Also, thank you to Vulture for sponsoring today's show. Vulture offers high-performance and easy-to-deploy cloud servers, bare metal, storage, and managed Kubernetes. Deploy instances of your favorite OS with Vulture's 12 pre-selected operating systems and the ability to bring your own ISO. Their advanced networking features are optimized for multi-cloud deployments thanks to VPC peering and Direct Connect. And with 23 server locations worldwide, you can spin up a low-latency infrastructure solution for your users no matter where they are. Vulture's Marketplace also offers one-click installation of more than 50 applications and operating systems, including instant Minecraft and game servers, VoIP and VPN platforms, content management systems, and cPanel. Right now, listeners of The WAN Show can receive an exclusive 30-day $100 offer code for new signups. Just go to getvulture.com slash LTT. That's getvultr.com slash LTT. I want to talk about our new items on lttstore.com. Sure. All right. So would you describe yourself as too wet right now? Uh, yes. Yes? All right. Do I ever have the solution for you? Uh, 
Uh, oh, you'll be far. You'll 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 be far less wet as soon as I do this. Gosh. Yeah. Oh, stop. <laughs> okay, but for reals, if you are too wet, <laughs> the towels. Try an LTT store towel. I genuinely didn't see that coming. I was trying to beat you to it. I loaded up the store and saw it on the store. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yep, only the finest, <laughs> finest cotton towels. We've got them in three different sizes. We've got the small for small towel needs. We've got the uh, the medium for medium towel needs. Uh, you want to hold up? I think you've got the medium. When I I guess go go back there a bit or something. I don't know. You can you can help help model the towels. It's pretty big. I can't I tell. That might be the big one. This is okay. Be the big one. I think this is probably the medium one then. Yeah, that's that's definitely the large one. Uh, yes. So that's the medium size one. I mean that one's also pretty big. I don't know. Lloyd likes big towels, so we went with big towels. They've got kind of a short it's circuit. Like actually huge. Yeah, it's it's more of like a beach towel yeah. at that point. Yeah. It's got like a short circuit inspired kind of thing here. And then I think he was kind of going for like a a GPU or something. With like that's like the slot or something. It doesn't matter. The point is the cool towel, very absorbent. And we've got a variety of colors. Hey, Luke, check out this color. Woo-woo! Wow. Nice. And this color. That the That's same? the same color. It's the same, same color. color. Just chill. Just chill. Nice. Does this one have a different edge? Uh, I don't know. Oh, it's just the really big one. Yeah, yeah. It's the that beach towel sense. one that's yeah, yeah, like yeah. redonkulous. The beach towel one has like a tougher feeling. Yep. It's more of like a. It's more of a blanket. Oh no! It's just the the one end of it. Oh, all right. It's never mind. On one side and it's okay. On never mind. So uh, where is it here? Yep, we've got orange and green. The small one is fourteen ninety nine, and the big ones are both nineteen ninety nine. We've got the dimensions on the store. You can see them here. There. Yep, they're towels. So hundred percent cotton. Very absorbent. When when you do your. Uh your hot tub stream you'll have a towel yeah for sure for sure once i've got a hot tub we did by the way try to do a more vibrant orange and that's just part of the product development process around here we got a lot of orange dye on a lot of things <laughs> <laughs> so these were as vibrant as we could make them while not having them bleed ridiculous amounts of of dye that makes so sense. these will be these will be i'd say your first wash i would wash them in your darks uh maybe the first couple and then after that it should be fine so there you go guys oh man uh Cytrix says can we have a demo you do have a water bottle yes that's fair um uh, Intel on Floatplane says, I love the eco packaging for the cable ties, but I worry about greenwashing. Will you make a commitment to be carbon neutral by a certain year? You guys set a good example in terms of employee treatment and ethics. Would love to see you set an example of climate change. So the thing about carbon neutrality is it's really difficult to measure. For us, it's not about greenwashing. It's more about just doing whatever is obvious that we can do. To me, just not having excess plastic in your packaging is just obvious. It doesn't actually cost a lot more 
So, so why not something recyclable? So two things, just in case you're like me and didn't know what greenwashing was. Greenwashing is the process of conveying false a false impression of providing misleading information about how a company's products are more environmentally sound. Second question, to be combative, why are those in plastic bags? That's actually a good question. Why are these in plastic bags? Because someone, I think it was Jake, brought that up when those were first. And those might even be the first demo samples and maybe their packaging has changed. Yeah, let me find out. Because I remember having a conversation about yeah. that. Um, I know that our goal is by the end of this year to have no, no plastic in our packaging and shipping materials. Hopefully you guys can are going to be able to hear Nick. It's coming through. I can hear it in my headphones. Okay, cool. Oh. oh, I'm being ignored. Call screening. Call screening. You have reached mailbox number. Oh. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was going to say its phone number or something. <laughs> that was close. All right, well, Woo. I didn't manage to get in touch with Nick. I know that... Um, I know that there's no reason they shouldn't be shippable like this. We'll have to figure that out. I will find that out for you guys, yeah, and I, I promise that the second shipment will not have plastic on it. If those were the same samples we had when we first showed them off yeah. forever ago, then that's how they were originally handed to us. And it was said that they were still working on the packaging. Oh, oh, Nick's calling. Uh, hey, Nick. Yeah. Uh, you're live on WAN's show. Uh, we had someone ask about the plastic packaging on the scrunchies. Yeah. Um, is it? Didn't we get rid of the plastic, or are these are these still the early samples? Uh, I believe there was miscommunication with the supplier and it's going to be fixed on the next round that we do it. But yeah, I think those are present on the current round. Got it. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. What, what is it All going right. to be? Uh, what will the new solution be? Uh, they'll probably just be loose in whatever the, you know, the pack is that we send to the customer. Okay. And maybe they just throw a staple in the top of it so that the scrunchies don't fall off the, the board. Uh, something like that. Uh, well, send me an email and I'll make sure we follow up on it next week. Okay. Thanks, Nick. All right. Thank you. Okay. Bye. 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 All right. Mr. Schweb says, I, um, Mr. Schweb says, I heard Artesian Builds bought out Linus Media Group. Is that true? No, that's yes. definitely not true. I'm just going to email Nick real quick here. Now, if you want to send in a merch message, you have to have over 5,000 so followers on all socials. What? Oh, stop. <laughs> stop. I'm kidding. Enough. It's a joke. Enough. All right. Uh, uh, speaking of which, should we do some merch messages? Yeah, we probably should. Should we do one more topic for... Oh, no, we should definitely do some merch messages. Oh, there's some curated ones. Sweet. Shadow... Edie Edinburgh, like, it doesn't matter. The point Shadow is, Ember. finally got a 3080. Excited to try these towels. Can't wait for screwdriver and backpack. Are there Shadow any other products on the horizon you're super excited about that you can hint at slash spoil? Uh, we're working on pants, like tech pants, like kind of cargo-y pants. Oh, okay. Those I'm really excited say, about. Like, you, have, you have sweatpants. 
And we're working on a... Uh, what's something else that's really cool that I can kind of spoil? We're getting kind of close enough that if I don't give any details, it shouldn't give our competitors any hints, but we are working on a really cool cable management project. Okay. I'm oh. not, I can't give any more detail than that. Has there been movement on that? Oh, lots. Oh, sweet. Lots. It's been a long time since we talked about it, but that's exciting. Lots of movement. Uh, most of the designs are final or near final. So we're going to move into molding... Uh, like creating molds and i have given i've given rough quantity guidance to the team anywhere from about 30,000 units all the way to 100,000 units of each thing so this is going to be yet wow. another million dollar bet big push yeah. let's go yeah yeah i um oh man this is less of a new product and more of just a business update but I had I had some floor time, some floor time in my office yesterday. Yeah. Nick came in to talk to me about backpack. No one gets to see my floor time. I have floor time these days. Do you have floor it's, time? It's interesting. Yeah. The thing <laughs> is, I find, and maybe it's BS, but I find sometimes I just, I can't think about something unless I take away the gravitational <laughs> blood flow limitations and just... I need to let down, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 100% of all effort needs to go into brain. So I had some floor time because Nick came in talking to me about our order quantities for backpack. So far, we have 9,000 people signed up for a notification when it comes in stock. Now, I don't expect a 100% no. conversion on that. No, no. But I expect a pretty strong conversion. Pretty good. And when we initially scheduled out our PO with the supplier, we scheduled it out 10,000, then a two-month gap, another 10,000 for delivery, and then a two-month gap, and then another 10,000 for delivery. So we would have 30,000 over a span of four months. And, and in that four months, they would all arrive, and then presumably they would last for a little while after that. Okay. Based on that 9,000 notification number, I'm freaking out a little bit because we only have the first shipment. If all goes well, oh, by the way, this is the final one. Oh. I have the newest sample. I got it this week. This one what is changed, yeah. almost final. The oh, only thing final. that's not final. No, no, we're not getting another sample though. Oh, okay. So there's one small not final thing and it's that... In one of these little, um, like accordion foldy things here, we're gonna put a small pocket on the inside for an air tag. Just uh, a little flip. Yeah, you mentioned that. To put an air that tag makes in sense. there. Yeah. So it's it's not gonna be hidden, hidden, but it's also not gonna be obvious. It'll be kind of tucked away. And there's other places you could kind of stash it as well. But other than that, this is final. So the color on the zipper pulls is now correct. The uh, mechanism for the luggage strap attachment thing is now these loops instead of the metal buckle things. I like that a lot. We've also got, uh, what else changed? Oh yeah, the screwdriver pocket <clears throat> now has a compatibility function. So if you don't want to put a screwdriver in it, you accidentally put something small in it. We realized you couldn't get your fingers down there to get it out. Oh. So we just put a zipper here 
so you can get into the bottom of the That's of actually kind of cool. Yeah, I like that. Not the stupidest thing we've yeah, ever done. Why not? Um, if you threw not that screwdriver in it and the bit like fell out or something. Yeah. Being able to get it would be nice. One other not final thing, this Linus Tech Tips word mark here is going to go. Okay. I, so that and the AirPods pocket are the major changes. Oh, we deepened these pockets here for that I use for my mouse and my cable. They're deeper now. And then we also deepened uh, these pockets that I use for my battery bank and my charger to make sure that they're compatible with larger chargers. For anyone unsure of what he's talking about in regards to the notification, uh, we we put up, I believe it was last week, uh, two pages, one for backpack, one for screwdriver, and there are a way that you can sign up for a direct, direct notification, email notification, um, when those products are finally available for purchase. Yeah, so here's the problem. Hmm. The lead time for production is 90 days. If all goes according to plan, we get our first 10,000 units in early August. So manufacturing terms, lead time, that's before they would start making it, right? Uh, that is from the moment we say go to them putting it on a container. Oh, putting okay. it in a container. So it's finished in that. Actually, no, I think nine, no, I think 60 days is the production time. And I believe it's another like 30 days for shipping or something okay. like that. Okay. So 90 days should be the time from press go to it arrives. And that assumes no delays at the ports, which have been weeks in some cases. So 90 days is my best case scenario when I decide I want more bags. My first shipment is going to hit me early August if all goes perfectly according to plan. That's prime back to school time. Okay. I only have 10,000 bags and oh. I have 9,000 people signed up. According to the original plan, my next round of backpacks was going to hit me early October with another round, September, October, November, early December for holiday season, right? But that's it. That's all we'd have for the entire year. And basically, as far as I can tell, the, back would the backpack would just be completely out of stock for the entire year. Here's the other problem. If I, if I need more of them this year, I pretty much have to decide to order before now. I get to see a single unit sell. Yeah. The other problem yeah, that's, that's is that every 10,000 units of backpacks is a seven-figure bet. <laughs> yeah. Anyone, anyone, scary. <laughs> yeah, anyone talking about how the backpack is is unreasonably priced or whatever, you don't understand how much it costs to make a really high quality bag. It just costs a lot, and so every single one of those chunks is a seven figure bet that we either win or we lose. Right. So I'm. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm. So are you happy you did notifications or no? <laughs> I don't know, man. I we're we're gonna ask the factory to step up those later. Those okay. Here's another problem. Should we do like a straw poll to to ask people like if you signed up for the notification, do you intend to buy or are you just interested? It's not gonna. I don't think it's gonna tell us anything real. It's much. so easy to say, yeah, I'm considering it, right? Like, I don't know. And here's another problem. I guess. The, I guess the question would be, are you committed to buy? Each of those ten thousand units. Okay takes up nine 40-foot containers, nine tractor trailers. So if we accelerate the delivery schedule and they don't move like we're expecting, and that's really expensive. where are we going to put them? Where am I going to put 27 containers of backpacks? 
Imagine, if you will, the scale, the size of 27 shipping containers. <laughs> like, literally, what would you do at that point? Could you do basically anything? I don't know, Lou. <laughs> Floor time. Floor time is the only answer I have here. If I want any more backpacks to arrive this year, I have to decide before I've sold a single unit. <laughs> I believe in the product. <laughs> I think we're going to do it. Yeah. But I just spent over another million dollars. Oh, you did it. Decision's already made. Well, it hasn't gone through Yvonne yet. We might not have. Oh, yeah. We, ha we have so much. We have literally all of our cash deployed in backpack and screwdriver right now. So what we might have to do is we can play around with some mortgages. That's an option. Yvonne really doesn't want to do it. Commercial mortgages are very time consuming. Do you know that to apply for a commercial mortgage costs over $10,000? <laughs> to apply for it? Oh, jeez. Right? Commercial landscape in BC is like horrifying. Yeah. So we could play around with some mortgages, but that would be expensive and time consuming. We... Or three officers, rather, store two containers worth there. How many containers was it? 27? Yeah, 27. It's not two. <laughs> it's 27. <laughs> okay, sorry. Keep going. People are saying, let us pre order. No, I won't. I won't. I insist that because what happens if I don't deliver it in August? What if you pre-order it and you're counting on it for school and you end up having to go buy another bag? Well, then I just fucked you, right? And there's a, I don't there's want a, that. Global shipping right now is nuts. Dude. I'm married. I don't want to fuck you. <laughs> not that kind of relationship. Yeah, it's just not understandable. I mean, maybe you'd be into it. <laughs> But I just, I just can't. How could I look my wife in the eye while we're spending time together if I knew that I fucked you? <laughs> that refactory time, though. Um... <laughs> Got to hydrate. Get them electrolytes. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I don't know. I, um, I respect it. So, no, I, 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 yeah, I just won't do it. I've made my choice. I've made my choice. So, um, yeah, so one of the other ideas is that with the first round, I believe we paid for all the materials up front in order to lock in the cost. That means that probably our, our, our fourth 10,000 units is going to cost more. That's okay. Um, worst case scenario, we raise the pricing marginally. We've never done it before, but this is a really different product for us. And if it happens, it happens. We will the ones that are locked in. We are absolutely locked in on the pricing that we've got. But that's thirty thousand units. I think most of the Wan Show faithful will be able to get one at that price. Um, but what we could do is we could not lock in, so we could just pay a normal deposit and then wait until we have made that much money hopefully on screwdrivers and we'll we'll take screwdriver money and dump it back into backpack and so we'll you're talking august for backpack game. do you have a similar timeline for screwdriver oh no screwdriver we still have one more technical challenge to resolve around the ratchet there's a um there's a tolerance thing that we've got to figure out to make sure that it 
always stays locked in the correct position. We believe we have it completely nailed down, but we need another set of samples from the factory to make sure that it actually worked in the okay. real world. And, and what that else? will hopefully be final sample for that one? That should be final for that one. Cool. So if all goes according to plan for Screwdriver, the good news with Screwdriver is we have a lot more of the parts already produced. Like we have a ton of injection molding done. We've got parts that are ready to be assembled. We just need to make sure the ratchet is absolutely perfect. Because the thing is that a lot of people, more people have criticized the pricing of the Screwdriver than the backpack. And I understand because $70 is a lot for a screwdriver. That is premium screwdriver pricing, which means that there's a lot of pressure on us to deliver something that absolutely stands up to that. I've seen people not really understanding what we're making, criticizing it, saying, oh, well, this, if this is only for building PCs, that light duty work, I, I couldn't possibly justify spending this much. It, it's for anything. So I, uh, I went to go, because I was like, yeah, it's not cheap, but like, I know of ratchet and screwdrivers that are more expensive. So I went to go Google snap on ratchet and screwdriver yep. and it auto filled orange. Oh, really? I'm right. assuming because we're here. I, I could be. That's also their default color, though. Oh, is it? They okay. do have other colors, but okay. orange is the default. Okay. That's yep. probably it then. That's funny. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's not cheap, but I think, uh, I think I should have probably mentioned this in the video about it, but that was the goal. That's the mark because that was my screwdriver for many, many years. And I simply wouldn't accept anything yeah. that doesn't meet that standard. Yeah. So yeah, that's what we were aiming for. We were never aiming to build a budget screwdriver. So if you want a cheap screwdriver, there's a lot of options out there. But this one is really great. Yep. Love it. I love it. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. Speaking of uh, money and money problems and all that kind of stuff, we're hiring. We're hiring more people. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, to go along with labs, there's going to be a website, and that website is going to do cool stuff and look cool. And I need someone who's going to make a lot of the stuff that is going to do cool stuff, and I need someone who's going to make a lot of the stuff that's going to like look cool and also has function. I need a front end and a back end developer, uh, JavaScript based for the website. Uh, we're still kind of figuring out exactly how we want to do certain things, but JavaScript experience is the main thing we're looking for. Uh, I don't necessarily know the best way to get this out to you guys, but I'm going to put it in the various chats. And if we could put it under the video for people that are watching on YouTube and stuff, that would be fantastic. Um, there's two different Google Forms. Just sign up for the Google Form and you're good. Both of these positions can be worked remote, um, but there is a strong preference yeah. for Canadians. That is the that is the main thing. Local would also be great, uh, but Canadian is the is the main goal. Flip the mattress on Twitch says seventy dollars is the cost of an iFixit ProTech toolkit. Absolutely, very different tool. Very Form different tools. And Shadow Guardian over on Floatplane gets it. Every cheap ratcheting screwdriver I've had has been absolute crap. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. And we're not setting out to build that. Okay, well, both the forms are closed. <laughs> I'm not logged in on this computer. So, oh. uh, go Luke. Yeah, I'll fix that later. Just look in the description under the video. Uh, it will be fixed tonight. So, yeah, look later. Uh, this is a great question from Dale D. 
Another merch message. Our Intel T-Series processors, if I recall correctly, those are the low-power ones. Compatible with all motherboards, or are they OEM only? Currently building a server slash NAS, and I want something very low-power. Okay, I guess I got that right. Passive water cooling. Okay. Building my own case as well to fit 10 hard drives. Wow, very fun sounding project. Generally speaking, yes, they should be compatible with any motherboard that's compatible with that family, but it's not a guarantee that that compatibility will be perfect. I would check with the motherboard manufacturer to ensure that it will work exactly as you expect it to. I have never seen it not work, but I'm sure there are edge cases where it hasn't worked. Braden C, question for Luke about Flowplane. As someone in computer science, I was wondering what technologies and languages you use for it. What don't we use? We use a lot of stuff. And like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, <clears throat> it is mean stack and JavaScript based. It's, but we do a lot of different things. So, oh my goodness. Um, yeah, I think that's the, the best way to describe that. What just happened? I just tried to curate one and I think it disappeared. Uh, oh no, never mind. Yeah, it's, it's in the curated. Uh, why don't we do one of our one of our topics? Intel introduces the new ATX 3.0 and ATX 12VO 2.0 specifications. ATX 3.0 is a really interesting one. It's got the 12 volt HPWR or high power connector that Intel says will power most if not all, I can't imagine anything it wouldn't power. Future PCIe 5.0 desktop cards. This thing is going to do 600 watts of power over a single cable. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, that these cards can draw an additional 75 watts from the slot. We are talking a total of 675 watts for a single card. It includes sideband signals that let the PSU tell the GPU its power limit. So not all of them will be capable of delivering second. 600 watts. I mean, obviously, a 650 watt power supply is not going to be able to send all of it over the PCIe power cable to a GPU. Uh, so I believe they are... Well, I can't remember what the different steps are, but power supplies will have different tiers of how much power they can deliver over that connector, and they will communicate that to the GPU. And there's a new power excursion limit for PCIe 5.0 cards to hopefully remedy power spikes, including updated DC voltage regulation guidelines. Intel is expecting PCIe Gen 5 devices to require even more power than the currently available ones, which says a lot in a world where NVIDIA created the RTX 3090 Ti. Has NVIDIA come out and disclosed a TDP for the 3090 Ti? I actually do not know. Oh, apparently it's 450 watts, according to Tech Power up here. 450 watts, ladies and gentlemen. Turned down for watts? Literally every watt. With a suggested power supply capacity of 850 watts. And then, what is this? Holy crap. An MSI card has supposedly leaked that has... What? It's... Oh, it's higher TDP of 480 watts. <laughs> wow. That's fantastic. That's crazy. Do they have more pictures of it? Holy bananas. Look how thick this thing is. It's a thick boy. It's three and a half slots. 
What am I even looking at? It's crazy. Wow. All right. Do you still need a minute? Because I can keep stalling. Uh, no, you can go. All right, cool. Um, also, we got 12, ATX12VO 2.0. So ATX12VO was all about better power efficiency at idle. And we actually got our hands on a compatible power supply and motherboard. Must have been about... Must have been over a year ago? About a year ago? I don't remember. The point is, we got our hands on it, and it really worked. Huge difference. So, I'm kind of excited about this, just from, like, an environmental standpoint. Um, and let's have a look at what it does. Okay, so it's got the I underscore PSU percent feature. Uncertain what that is, but it was previously available in mobile and server systems. Anthony says, presumably, this refers to communicating total PSU utilization so that resources can be allocated to the devices that need it most, but that's just a theory. A game theory. Good reference. Love it. <laughs> Intel also claims the new spec will help small form factor PCs meet energy regulations, specifically calling out California's Tier 2 appliance rules. So this could mean that, uh, oh, this probably refers to California's 60 kilowatt hour per year figure for desktops with an expandability score between 250 and 425. Intel claims this is the most substantial change to the ATX spec since ATX 2.0 in 2003. And for reference, that included emphasizing a shift from 3.3 and 5 volt to 12 volt. Uh, independent overcurrent protection for each 12-volt rail, the 24-pin ATX connector up from 20-pin that replaced the 6-pin auxiliary connector, SATA power connectors being mandatory, alternative sleep mode, aka modern standby, V2.5-1, and ripple efficiency minimum load guidelines and requirements in point updates. Here's our discussion question posed by Anthony Young. Do we really need 600 watts of capacity running over a single connector to a single card? I say yes! Yeah, why not? On the one hand, <clears throat> I'm very pro-efficiency, but on the other hand, man, when I press that gas pedal, I want it to just belch black also, smoke, baby! You can be pro-efficiency. <laughs> you, you can be pro-efficiency and also... Obviously, I'm playing a bit of a character right want now. ...want the uh, availability of the option of power when needed. Yeah, for sure! I mean, for applications where the performance matters, by all means. And especially seeing the way that um, graphics card manufacturers are building tools that allow you to limit the power consumption and limit also, the performance of the device. Also, high draw doesn't mean low efficiency. Yeah, yeah. That's another thing. It could be, it could be spitting out so many frames. Yeah. 600 watts is a lot. I mean, the cooling That's challenges. The cooling challenges. Oh, yeah. Well, the card was huge. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Water cooling is almost like a necessity by that point. I feel like I would default to that, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're not going to be putting many other cards in a computer that's got one and of like, those in And like not it. with a really tiny rad either. Nope. Like it's going to have to be a pretty serious setup. We've already reached the point where triple rad setups on Intel K-series SKUs kind of like can outperform dual rad setups. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in a way that is meaningful, mm. in a way that matters. I thought you meant whole system. I was actually asked in Floatplane chat for thoughts on the 12900KS being $800. Frankly, for the performance, it doesn't surprise me that much, but I am looking forward to Intel having a more efficient gaming chip and hopefully we're going to see that with raptor lake down the road or is rocket lake coming first i can't remember which one's first rocket i mean maybe rocket is first and then raptor lake i, I can never keep all the lakes 
code words code names also just as an update on the forms i tried to like open the applications on my phone but it it, i have no control over the phone or over the form through my phone so i'm gonna have to do it when i get home Uh, twitch plays dion says 800 cpu wtf brah but remember, Extreme Edition doesn't even exist anymore. Those used to start at like $1,000 for that whole lineup. Intel doesn't even have that anymore. So if this is an Extreme Edition and it's a 16-core CPU that's real fast for like everything, then uh, yeah, it's a lot of money and most people won't buy it. But most people never were buying CPUs in that price range. And you could almost think of it as discounted compared to what we used to pay for a 16-core CPU. Almost. Because I remember the days when even the top-end Extreme Edition was a grand and yeah. not like two grand or whatever. Yeah. Whatever shark jumping they had done by the end of it. They did some pretty rapid hops near the end. And man, I'll be real interested to see what pricing is like for 3090 Ti. Will it reflect pandemic shortage pricing or will it reflect the more recent price drops that we've actually witnessed in the gpu market like let's head over to actually you know what i've read about it but i have not personally verified any of this yet use market i saw that 3070 ti's were going for not outlandish amounts of money in the secondary market 3070 ti all right and then let's this is this is always my way this is my way Show only sold items. Ba 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 ba. Hmm. Okay. Seven fifty. Open box. Eight eighty. Seven eighty. Eight thirty. So it looks like they're really in the high seven hundreds, low nine hundreds range. Here's one from today for six sixty though. Like that seems to be coming down to earth a little bit. Here's an EVGA FTW three for six thirty five. I mean that wouldn't have happened. Not that long ago. Launch price of a 3070 Ti was $599, right? Mm-hmm. So they can be had for approaching MSRP, but a lot of people are still paying far too much for them is what it looks like right now. But it's not double MSRP like it was. Yeah. So I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying it's improved. <laughs> Oh, boy. Yeah. Hey, my take is not that the 12900KS is a bargain. My take is that you weren't going to buy it anyway. It was, it, was a, 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 it was a segment of the market that was never serve- that you were never part of, and that's okay. I've never bought an Extreme Edition, oh, except Intel Retail Edge. You've never bought an Extreme Edition. Except, Except Intel, Intel Retail, Retail Edge, Edge yeah. which were deeply, deeply discounted CPUs for oh, yeah. retail um, like salespeople. So d- don't take it personally when I say you're not the target market. I'm not the target market either because I think you'd have to be crazy to buy the KS when the K exists. In fact, if I was just building a rig for someone whose money I cared about, I wouldn't go above the i7. I don't think I ever have. Like the yeah, well, no. Uh, the twelve six hundred K is like still a twelve core. It's got all eight performance cores. It's overclockable if you really want that extra little bit of gaming performance. Like there you go. That's it. Actually, there's some really good value. Like I've even had, like Core i five. Have you stuff. ever had people Older that like like pretty good? Got you to build the computer. Ask for higher than an i seven equivalent. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, back when I was working at NCIX, of course. I, oh, I tried yeah. to talk every Extreme sense. Edition buyer out of it. You know what's crazy? I had someone message me with, uh, with a customer service request that they sent in to the PC advisor at NCIX, which was an email inbox that I manned alone back in those days. And they were like, hey, just wanted to show you this as a blast from the past, a little bit of nostalgia, and it had their question and my answer. And I can't figure out where they sent it to me anymore. Oh, yeah. I'm so frustrated because I thought it was so cool that they went out of their way to send that to me. And I, I can't figure it out. It's not, I, I can't find it in my inbox on the forum. I can't find it in my email. I have no idea where they sent it to me. Now that you're saying this, I'll probably just send it again. Yeah, maybe maybe they will, but... Maybe solve that problem. Yeah, it sucks. Because I thought it Did was really like, funny. Did you, like, remember it? No, no, not yeah. at all. I mean, it was just, you know, generic, which GPU should I pick oh, okay, and how many yeah, hard drives, yeah. like that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But it was definitely written by me when I had time because <laughs> I was very thorough. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow, I did a really great job. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm... I'm I, yeah, it sucks. I, I, I would have loved, I would have loved to show it to you guys because I just thought it was really funny. What's our next topic here? Ukraine is selling invasion timeline NFTs. That's right. NFTs might actually be being used for something productive. The Ukrainian government is raising funds by selling NFTs based on the timeline of the Russian invasion. The Minister of Digital Transformation announced the collection's launch on Twitter. So we're going to go ahead and... Whoa, that's not what I meant to do. We're going to go ahead and fire that up here. Stop. You can check it out here. So there's a gallery. And these are the NFTs. Very Trey's interesting. Okay. So, like, are they live now? I don't Donor know. unreleased. Unreleased. Oh, okay. I guess they haven't actually not, been made available not, yet. Yeah. Oh. Trey's interesting. All right. Are they all tweets? I don't know. The truth is, because NFTs are such a toxic, exploitative technology in their current implementation... I have not taken the time to figure out how to buy one and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that's all. Whatever. I just, um, yeah, these are not, they're not released. I was wondering like what the theme was and it looks like uh, maybe not all of them or I'm not, I'm not sure if some of these aren't, aren't actually complete, um, but it looks like most of them are framed around a tweet. Got it. Um, yeah. The collection is titled Meta History Museum of War and proceeds will go to the Ministry of Digital Transformation to support the army and civilians of Ukraine. The civilians absolutely need some support over there. And uh, minus hot take, NFTs for war are okay. NFTs for self-defense are okay. I abhor violence in any form, but when an aggressor is trying to take your stuff and like kidnap your people you got to do something about it uh it was supposed to be an airdrop of free tokens to people who had donated crypto to ukraine but it changed due to copyright scams and complaints that not all donors would receive tokens ah, man 
Uh, discussion question here. Thank you, Nicholas Plouffe. Is this going to spark a bunch of NFT scammers to try and sell similar NFTs and then not donate the proceeds to Ukraine? That's is what that I already happening? Immediately diving in to figure out is like, is this account legit? Is this, yeah. are we reporting on something that's bad, et cetera? But it, it seems legit. Anthony's take, probably. Now. I mean, I told you like they when they when they sent out information on like these this, these are like Bitcoin, Ethereum, whatever wallet links. Mm-hmm. They're they're like keys. A bunch of people when when people were asking like, hey, does someone have the 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 address? We're sending the wrong one, obviously their own, mm-hmm. to try to scrape money. So like it's literally already happened in an extremely related way, right? And I'm sure it will happen this time. Ah, oh, it's frustrating. Yep. In brighter news, Riley is a character in a Vidya game. Yeah. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's called Star Tenders. Okay. Star Tenders, yeah. It's out for Quest 2 and PSVR now. Like bartenders. I get it. Yeah. Coming to Steam soon, he plays a character named Riley, R.I.L.E.E, because they named it after him. It's a sci-fi bartending game with a full narrative campaign and everything developed by Foggy Box Games under the Yogg's Cast umbrella. And you can see slash hear his character at 42 seconds and 7 minutes and 28 seconds here. So uh, hold on a second. Oh, how do I hear this? I guess I can't. I don't think you can. Well, I think the stream oh, can though. Is this Riley's character? That's awesome. What was that other timestamp? Uh, he said 42 seconds and 7 minutes and 28 seconds. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Clearly Wall-E based. That's amazing. There he is. Look, it's Riley Murdoch. I don't know if you guys know this, but Riley has done a fair amount of voice acting. Uh, it's something that we are we're happy we're happy to support him doing here. Um, it does cause him to miss tech link days sometimes, but I think it's super cool, and we always try to find a way to to accommodate that. Riley's just Riley's just such a character. The voice acting so interesting to me, but I oh, absolutely yeah. do not think I have a good voice for it. I think Riley absolutely does. Oh, he's he's great. He's the like great. second I loaded up the trailer and I heard his voice, I was like, "Yep, it's perfect. Yep, this is great. <laughs> I love it." I think that's it for that, though. Let's shout out. I think out. it's PSVR exclusive, which is kind of. What? It says it's out for Quest 2. Oh, does and it? And coming to Steam soon. Oh, it's just the video that was linked is specifically a PSVR one. Got okay, it. Got it. Sense. Got it. All right. Yes, I do, Fembo One. Uh, do we want to shout out the How to Build a PC Last Guide You'll Ever Need? Oh, we is do. It, is it out? It is not out. It'll be released next weekend if all goes according to plan. And it has taken months of effort between the writing team, logistics, shooters, and editors with a total of five hosts. Right now, the current cut is an hour and 45 minutes long. So it's an actual feature film length LTT video. About a quarter of the video is part selection rationale. And we actually never select any parts. Because the intention is that it's going to be how to build a PC, the last guide you'll ever need. Everything you could need to know to figure it out for yourself, if that kind of makes sense. Does this mean you guys are never going to make another guide? Um, I don't know if we would never make another guide, but we would never need to. Yeah. No one would fair. ever need to, is the goal. 
maybe there could be a need for a more concise guide. It's um, a little long. Yeah, it's a little bit on the long side, but it focuses, or it doesn't focus, it goes over all the PC building concepts that you need to understand rather than just focusing on one build and describes how to build PCs around both PGA and LGA CPUs, talks about even the big boy sockets like Threadripper, Epic, uh, LGA 3647. It's basically exactly what it sounds like. And let me tell you, it was a marathon script review session. I, th I think it was over three hours of me. I mean, and that makes sense because the script is so long. Yeah. 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 So Anthony wrote it. I script reviewed it. We have five hosts. Logistics has been heavily involved in helping me shoot B-roll. I believe there are 900 B-roll shots or something stupid like that. Like, I think the video was shot in November. And we are now finally releasing it. It's going to be quite the thing. It's going to be quite the thing. Uh, we should do some more merch messages. Yeah. Michael C. says, my PSP battery swelled and storaged. I replaced it, but what can we do about long-term storage of systems with internal batteries like the PS Vita and Switch eventually? Nothing other than put them at, I think it's about 40% is optimal for lithium. D double check that, double check that. I don't remember the exact number, but you just have to put them at a certain level, put them into storage, make sure they're kept at a fairly constant temperature, about room temperature I think is best, or is it better to go colder? Can't remember, look it up. And that's it. And if it's stored for too long, it'll swell and you'll have to replace it. And yeah. that's why right to repair matters mm -hmm. so much. We, yep. sh we should have the right to use something for as long as we wish to use it in any way we wish to use it. And I don't understand how anyone can argue with that. Yeah. Yeah. Stop simping for billionaires. Yeah. It's that simple. JH, got my tax return today. Will there be a way to swap the orange or black accents on the screwdriver with custom parts? I.e. I want a forest green accent. Okay. So technically... The top cap could be removed, but it's difficult. And it would be very difficult to replace it on your own. And the beauty ring around the ratchet selector would also beauty be... Beauty ring? It's called a beauty ring? We, we call it that because it serves no function other than aesthetics. Oh. Yeah, to cover up the bare aluminum of the ratchet mechanism where it meets the handle. Oh, I thought you meant like the selector. No, okay. that's the I selector ring. Yeah, 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 the beauty ring just sits in between it. Got it. Uh, Is hmm. it a surface that could be painted without it just like coming off on your hands all the time? You'd never touch it, but it would chip probably because there's moving parts well, around it. Well, he said, I don't think he's just meaning the beauty ring. I think it sounds like both. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, I'd say it won't be easy. Um, we'd like to do other colors in the future. I can't say that I think forest green would be a high priority, but yeah, uh, I, I'd say it will be very challenging. That's going to be my oh, final word on that. Patrick V picked up a mystery shirt for the girlfriend. Hey, heck yeah, Patrick you, you V. You can click to view more, by the way. Oh, whoa, a whole bunch of stuff. 21 ounce water bottle, scrunchy thin pack. Very nice. Aqua towel. I have a question about submerged mineral oil. The Oh, the submerged... Oh, sorry, they, they're coming in so fast right now because we're reading them. <laughs> uh, a submerged mineral oil PC won't turn on. How do you recommend to test the parts? Should I put it on different hardware? Ooh. 
this mm. is a this is a tough one. Putting it on different hardware is likely the only way to test it, but you will get mineral oil all over everything, and as you learned, it will eventually eat stuff. So, yeah, it um, it's a fun novelty project, but it's not necessarily something that I would recommend for daily driver use. Well, I mean, he has one already. Yeah, but it's dead, so oh, it might be time to move you're, on. You're recommending his next project. I get it. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oof. Chelsea, my parents are moving to the other side of the U.S. Any advice on what I should do before they leave to make remote support easier? One quick thing about the mineral oil stu stuff. Um, if you're going to try to fix it, do whatever you can to keep that oil off of parts that aren't going to go back into that machine because it yeah. can take an excessively long time to actually have them not be oily. Yeah, it's basically impossible. Yeah. Chelsea, first of all, shout out for, you know, being all cool and helping out your parents. Um, other than putting remote support apps on their devices ahead of time that you share the credentials for, man, there are... Having a backup remote support app is pretty cool. Um, I like writing things down, like setting them up with a password manager or uh, like my grandparents, for example, who just cannot be trusted with anything technology. I have like a master book that not only acts as a reference for them for important people, things like passwords and account names. in that form. Yep. Uh, it also acts as a reference for me when I visit. So I can remember what I changed last time. I've, tr I've tried to force LastPass onto a lot of it or other various password managers. That part's irrelevant onto quite a few different people. And some people just don't work that way. Yep. They need books they as, need a book. as much as that is not recommended. And it should be safe. It should be locked up. But it, some people just, you know, they, they just need that. So other than that, man, I don't know what else to tell you. Having Having a backup... Uh, remote access app like having two different paths in can be good because every once in a while things can go wrong well what else would you do yeah i mean remote support is the main thing it's tough I, I one thing i would recommend as well is try to get remote support that you can log into without their assistance yeah because you might have things like oh, the monitor's not plugged in mm -hmm. and it's difficult for you to diagnose that remotely. yeah make sure you've briefed them on how to conduct a video call whether it's via yes. facetime or whatsapp or because, whatever yeah because if it comes down to it and I've, I've done this multiple times yeah they can do the face call and then just point the phone at the computer <laughs> fix things that way before it's it's definitely operable um yeah i think that's about it you could do a a nine night executable of most of their programs and just get them to like run it every once in a while because that'll update everything mm -hmm. that's not bad orbital afk looking forward to the backpack bit concerned about keeping my water bottle inside in case i need to use a non-lt store ltt store bottle well why would you ever use a non-ltt store bottle <laughs> Got is there anything i can do to protect my technology and school supplies okay so we actually did give some thought to this we're all about making sure our products work together, but we're also all about making sure our products just work. The water bottle sleeve, if you guys can see it in there, can you see it? Uh, you can kind of see it. It's uh, got an elastic on it. So at its widest, Do you want me to hold it? yeah, there we go. At its widest, it's the right size for our 40 ounce, but actually here, actually Luke, can I have your 21 ounce? It's also designed to accommodate without allowing them to fall over tightly, a much skinnier water bottle. 
So there should be no reason for your water bottle to fall over in the bag. Yeah. Oh my goodness, so many merch messages coming in. Jeffrey, what are your thoughts about Apple putting the SSD controller on the motherboard instead of on the storage unit? I mean, I, I think I made it really clear that it frustrates me to see companies engineering for um, forced deprecation of their hardware. It's not that the idea is inherently bad. Having the controller on the SoC very likely has great... Uh, performance advantages to putting it on the SSD itself. But Apple absolutely could have designed an SSD controller that would accommodate being upgraded with more flash. They just choose not to. And it's that kind of obstinance and arrogance that frustrates me so much about Apple's way of doing business. They could have done what they did in a super cool way. They just decided you and that they wouldn't. So there's my thoughts on that. Yeah. Uh, Bryson says, uh, oh, okay, same thing. I fixed it, did a teardown, attempted to replace the storage. It appeared not to work. Any thoughts? Yeah, I think I've said my piece on that. I think you did this one too. Yep. J Jonah L says, former video editor for a tech channel that toured my studio. Wow, that really narrows it down. I don't know who you are though. I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, what protections do you have in place for your staff? Would you support a unionization of stash slash camera crew under YouTube creators? Is YouTube creators a thing? I think he means like, I don't know. Interesting. I'm not super up on, is um, it a thing? So I've, I've made it very clear in oh, the past. Oh, is this the, the, oh uh, yeah, I've heard of this. I've made it very clear in the past that I feel that if our staff felt like they needed a union, I would consider that, and Yvonne too, we would both consider it personal failures. Here in Canada, there's absolutely nothing that we'd be able to do to prevent it, legally speaking. So if they decided that they wanted to approach their engagement with their employer that way, that's there's there's absolutely nothing that we could do to challenge them on it. Uh, it's actually sort of baffling to me that it is possible to have such blatant, like just brazen anti-organizing policies in place in our neighbors to the south. I, I don't get it. Um, what protections do you have in place for your staff? I mean, really... What does that mean? Yeah, I don't really know. I mean, we we have like a dental plan. I, I I'm I'm not really a hundred percent sure what you're asking. There's a lot of legal protections for employees just in general in Canada. Like it's, I my wife and I joke sometimes. It's easier to get a divorce than to fire an employee. Like it's it's actually very difficult. So I don't really feel like they need additional protections. To be perfectly honest with you. Um, I know that in the States, particularly in states where they have at-will employment, it's a totally different story. There's basically no protection whatsoever. You can just dismiss someone for any reason at any time, and they're entitled to, like, nothing. Yeah, it's not true. Uh, but that is not the case up here at all. Yeah. Um, Obvious Lobster says probably, like, an anonymous report line for HR. So we do have a third-party HR firm. Um we do have, if anyone ever had a problem with me, 
they could take it up with Yvonne and we do take that anonymity and we do take their privacy very seriously. If they have an issue that is so big that they can't trust either of us with it, frankly, we've failed them anyway. Um, I, 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 I don't know what we could possibly do to resolve it. Uh, I think that overall we try to do a really good job of addressing people's concerns and yeah, I don't know what to tell you guys. Uh, Laddie says, the thing is, every bad boss in the world says you don't need a union, I'm a good boss. The reality is, sometimes your interests will not align with your staff and relying on you being a good guy is them taking a risk. Being in a union doesn't change anything. If you're a good enough boss, the union never be needs to be involved. Um, that's one way of looking at it. Yeah, but I mean, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not going to see eye to eye with you on that. I agree that a lot of bad employers probably would say you don't need a union but in our case and have yeah we are and actively do yeah we're we're constantly trying to figure out how to make lmg a better place to work that's not going to change so there you go and i think there's been constant improvements over the years um well i should hope so i mean in the early days it was no it was not great <laughs> We're always trying. <laughs> we worked out of a garage. We were a scrappy company. I literally lived in his house. It's okay. Dusty, <laughs> yeah. You had you had both uh, tenant rights and employee rights. <laughs> Dude, I, I had it good. I'm pretty sure we violated all of them. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> but he did get meals included. Dude, good ones too. Uh, Dusty Old Crow. Have you considered making a breakaway lanyard? Uh, also, what would you recommend as a solution for switching a console's output between a TV and a computer monitor across the room from the console? Okay, so breakaway lanyard, we've looked at it. The problem is the breakaway mechanisms we've found tend to be flimsy and we haven't found anything we're happy with. We know that they're a requirement for certain, uh, for certain work environments, but we're, we're just not there yet. As for a solution for switching a console's output, uh, you're talking about an AV receiver, and there are also HDMI switches, uh, some of which have remotes that could be used in order to do that. Honestly, though, with CEC control, you might not even need it because it could be that when you fire up that device, it'll just automatically reroute depending on whether you can get an HDMI switch with that. I'm not too familiar with HDMI switches just because I do have an AV receiver, but that may be an option. Question for Lafreniere, Gabriel and Bella Vance, employees of Lingenmeister Media. What is your guys' favorite and most hated retro, older than 2000, tech? This question is too big, so I'm truncating it a little bit. That's the part we'll answer. Favorite and most hated? Pre-2000. I mean, honestly, if I put myself back in my pre-2000 shoes... I loved my Super Nintendo, yeah. and especially when it was connected to my little portable TV that was like this size and had a VCR in the bottom. Man, all my content, one box, loved it. Okay? That was my favorite. I Yeah, I mean, I'm going to decide that I'm going to put myself in the age that I was at that time. Sure. And then also say Super Nintendo, yeah. All right. At that time, we had like computers and stuff, but the the Super Nintendo was very accessible and couch gaming was like totally a thing. Oh yeah. And like gaming with the family, gaming with the neighbors, etc. And Super Nintendo was just sweet for that. Jake Bell events. Hit me. N64. 
N64. Yeah, well, man, a bunch of Nintendo kids here. As for my most hated... Avalanche 1080. Crappy rechargeable <laughs> batteries. Rechargeable batteries in the pre-2000s sucked. They were terrible. The re- I, N64 is a good answer. The reason why I didn't say N64, because I loved it as well, is by that time I had started getting much more into computers. And I think the I think the SNES had more of an impact on me at that time. I'm also older, so maybe that's why. <laughs> uh, Joshua Carroll says, Hey Linus, why do CPU clock speeds decrease as the core count increases? Good question. The reason for that is that there's only so much power that a CPU can draw through the socket and that can be dissipated to a cooler. And so if you were to just increase the frequency linearly, you're gonna increase that power draw. And if you have twice as many cores running at an increased frequency, you're going to quickly outstrip the amount of power you can deliver and the amount of heat you can dissipate. The reason that you're able to scale down clock speed just a little bit and add way more cores is that the efficiency curve as you increase the clock speed, as you increase the voltage, is not linear. So as you increase your clock speed along the x-axis, now let's go clock speed y-axis. So as you increase your clock speed along, no, let's go x-axis. As you increase your clock speed along the x-axis, your power consumption and therefore heat output goes like this, right? Goes like that. So by stepping back just a little bit, you can bring your power consumption way, way down. And that's why those, those low core count skews are able to hit these crazy clock speeds and high core count skews tend to not. And when high core count skews do, it's because they're taking whatever power budget they have available, juicing it into one core and then running all the other ones at a much lower speed. All right. Tyler P., thanks for the amazing products and amazing float plane from Luke. Shout out, Luke. Yeah, I'm the only one that makes too. it. How far out is the updated theater for float plane? <laughs> Ooh. Uh, I don't want to say the actual expected time, but soon. Okay. Also, would be cool to see LTT judge the customer service of float plane and the LTT store for that video. Oh, for the video where we evaluate our sponsors. Oh, that would be an interesting one. Right now, I know our customer service for LTT store is a little behind, but we're working on that. Zachary W., would you guys consider making another reading me in comments? Yeah, we would. And have you gotten your revenge on Colton for his and Yvonne's pregnancy prank on you? Not yet, but I will. I haven't forgotten. Kieran says, hey guys, big fans, what suggestions do you have for your first step into making your home a smart home? I mean, I think, yeah, light switches are just such an obvious one. Uh, the biggest one for me, though, in terms of importance is definitely cooling. Not wasting energy and having the rooms that I'm occupying being more comfortable. Big fan. My, uh, my place is so small that it's honestly just not a big deal. It's like probably just as much time to just like get up and press the switch as it is to <laughs> go on my phone and do it. So it's like- Don't forget about voice control, but I don't have any Google Homes or Nests in my, or excuse me, uh, Google Homes, uh, Echoes. I am not down with voice control unless it's local. Fair enough. Risk 
says, very excited for the backpack. I know Linus said it should fit the Steam Deck, but I was curious if that was in the case it comes with or without the case. So it's both. Uh, this is actually another revision on this one that I forgot to mention to you guys. The Can you hold the bottom of it, please? Thank you. The bottom of this pouch now has a soft, like, microfiber-y, like, suede material at the bottom. So if you were to slide a Steam Deck in bareback, then it would sit with the screen against this, which I think is pretty cool. And then if you wanted to put it in with the case, you could just shove it in the bag of holding. Ugh! Jeremy B says, I noticed the intro has been missing from some recent videos. I'm guessing this is intentional. It is. Do you have a rationale? Yeah, it's that the first minute of a video is where you're most likely to have people watching. And if we're giving up eight precious seconds of people's attention for a canned animation. Um, is this because of my notes? Which notes? I guess not. All right. Oh. I sent notes months ago talking about how there's a dip during the intro. Oh, we know that. It's from skipping. Yeah. Yeah. But like, that's not good for YouTube no, reasons. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Yes. Yes. Uh, so it's been a while coming, but we are, my intention is to phase out the intro. Yes. It like kind of sucks because it's been a staple for so long, but like you gotta, that that's a point in time in the video right now that is extremely important as far as YouTube is concerned for retention and not skipping forward and all this other type of stuff. So you, you gotta play for those seconds it has to happen. John B, first time watching live, saw your review of the QD OLED Alienware monitor, wanted to know your thoughts on text clarity issues and color fringing issues that users on ultrawide Reddit have reported. Now, I focused on it as a gaming monitor. I did not actually spend a ton of time on it uh, looking at text. So I've talked to Ploof about that already and we are hoping to take another look at it together. I will say that I don't think Samsung's adversarial approach to people's concerns so far is very constructive, but I also do think that there can be limitations to certain technologies that are worth the payoff. It's a really cool display tech. I, I would think of it kind of like Aperture Grill CRTs for a super dated reference. Basically, you could see these two lines that were caused by wires that were running kind of a quarter of the way down and a quarter way a quarter of the way up the screen and you could easily make them out if you knew what you were looking for yeah. even though an average user probably wouldn't notice it but they gave you so much better image geometry that in my personal opinion they were worth the trade-off and in the case of QD OLED man they look so good that I'd have a hard time imagining it not being worth it. But I will have to take a closer look at it. Eric R. Hey, Linus, now that you have solar on your house, what advice would you give to your tech-savvy listeners on what to say or where to direct people who ask about solar since we are the tech-savvy people? Where do you start? It's tough because it's one of those industries where there's just not a lot of consumer-facing information. And it's moving pretty quick. And installers tend to have kickbacks from particular panel producers that they are not always going to be forthright about. So you can't necessarily count on installers to give you great information. I shouted out a distributor here in Canada who kind of carried everything for giving me the goods 
on you know what they were seeing installers preferring and what they were seeing low RMA rates on and stuff like that. But other than that, I don't even know. I don't even know what to tell you. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I ended up with those dual sun ones just because I was super into them being a hybrid panel for both water heating and solar power generation. I don't even know if they're any good. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. Joshua H., what's your opinion as a parent when it comes to what technology and devices your kids are allowed to use? What kind of parental controls do you use? Uh, I do use parental controls extensively, Family Link on Android, as well as passwords on our computers. Um, in terms of what they're allowed to use, uh, my son has unlimited access to his Kindle. Um, our daughter, our, our oldest daughter, has been offered a phone now because she has demonstrated her trustworthiness. That's one of our requirements is that our kids have to go for an extensive period of time without lying to mom and dad. And lying includes withholding information uh, when they know that it's pertinent. And she has passed that test now. And we offered her one, but she said she doesn't want one just yet. But we limit phone use to, I believe it's 45 minutes a day of anything other than the Kindle app. And they have to tell us what they're watching on YouTube. They're allowed to watch educational YouTube without asking, but they need to ask us if they want to watch like Minecraft Let's Plays or whatever. So that's kind of where I'm at on that. Never really thought about the idea of the Kindle, but it makes sense. Yeah, you can, you can read whatever yeah, you want. Yeah, why not? Yeah, care? exactly, yeah. Uh, Austin says, absolutely loving the house content. Hey, heck yeah. Cameron, so if we aren't going to get Linus Linux tips, could we at least get some more in-depth videos on some of the software you guys set up during the house videos and server room videos? Ah, uh, man, see, I think that's a separate channel. Like, it kind of has then, to be. Even then, is that enough? I don't know if it's enough content for another channel. I just don't think we can justify it. Yeah. And yes, I'm an extremely strict parent, Mighty Mouse. But I have no regrets. My kids are amazing. They're wonderful. So I wouldn't do I wouldn't do a single thing differently. Also, the internet's a kind of a crazy thing. Yeah, you gotta you absolutely have to be able to trust that your kids are going to tell you the truth if you're going to let them out there. It's its effect on adults is like intense and overpowering for a lot of people. The the doom scrolling for days thing Absolutely. is like actually a real thing. Absolutely. Like it's, it's yeah. uh, my kids are going outside, ladies and gentlemen. That's like, that's the way it is. No, you find something else to do. Uh, also, my son, we've started trading uh, piano practice time for gaming time. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool and uh yeah man, that's getting that's an good. interesting like yeah he is actually it's getting really good <laughs> at both <laughs> yeah. yeah i haven't seen the piano i'm I'm just i'm commenting on the on the gaming um but that's cool because that's like kind of gamified yeah i like that yeah, yeah i'm into it i feel like as a kid that feels less restrictive even though it's a restriction if that makes sense mm -hmm. yeah nova nightmare asks if you had to pick one price not being a factor would you pick the new and Ioneo next or the Steam Deck? <sighs> well, the Steam Deck's got the touchpads. So if you want to play games that require a touchpad, like you want to play RTS games on mobile, there's no choice. I'm going to throw in some potential Steam Deck. Here. Can you get an Ioneo next? I believe it's an Indiegogo right now. Oh. Uh, is it Indiegogo? Yeah, it's an Indiegogo. I don't know when they're planning to deliver. I mean, Counterpoint, 
can you get a Steam Deck right now? That was my point. Oh, 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 okay, okay. Uh, No, no, neither of them is shipping today, so... (laughs) So your your answer might end up being whatever one you can if it's something you want that bad. Um, Because, like, I still don't have my email, and I think I ordered pretty early for the Steam Deck. Um, I still... Did I say email? I don't know if I said order or email, but yeah, yeah, I, like... I am... (sighs) Super not that jazzed on the limited compatibility of the Steam Deck. I have not been able to participate in some gaming experiences that I would have liked to in the last month. And like, okay, yeah, maybe we don't play the most normal games a lot of the time, but like... Who does? Literally almost nothing that we play works on the Steam Deck. Because we mostly play Halo, Anno, and uh, Supreme Commander. It's yeah. like... Darn it. Supreme Commander does work. I actually had a community member from FAF volunteer to help me set it up on the Steam Deck, and I was just like, I'll just play FAF later. (laughs) Yeah. That's cool, though. That's cool. That community is awesome. What am I supposed to be talking about right now? Hey, Linus. uh, Oh, yeah. Oh, man. The game compatibility. The performance is more similar than you'd think. What I really want is an Aya Neo Next Next. I want something with proper RDNA 2 graphics oh. and Zen 3. Yeah. But I can't wait. Yeah, which one am I going to use when I'm done my Steam Deck challenge? Might be the Aya Neo, but it costs like twice as much, so that's tough. More than twice as much. But the Steam Deck is so cool and the screen goes dimmer. That's a big I one because I play at night a lot. I think if I was an average consumer and I was buying one, it would probably be Steam Deck just purely because of price. Because yeah. the INEO pushes into a price range that's pretty get a decent intense. gaming laptop. Yeah. But that's obviously not comparable. It's handheld. I like the smaller profile of the INEO next. It depends on your use case. I Steam can Deck's absolutely big. see people doing it. I think it's just it's very specific. I'm at 15 minutes order time, and I'm hoping for an email around April 1st. True Scott asks, did you see the Joe Rogan video about the metaverse and the next generation living their life completely in there, therefore allowing China to take over the world in 30 years because of the strict internet usage rules for kids by the government? What's your opinion on that? <laughs> I, th- I, think, I think you should not take everything that was just typed at exact value. <laughs> And I think we should just move on. That sounds like a conversation you need to be there for. Uh, Should we take a should we take a break from merch message questions? And you should should you show me the thing? I tried. I tried. I tried. Okay. I I gave it a shot. I tried to keep us on the rails. It didn't work. You just caused him physical pain. Text. This is the power of the internet. This is what I was talking about. No, I'm recovering. Okay. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Are you okay? My abs hurt. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Uh, I'm fine. I'm fine. 
Uh, what are we talking about now? I'm not going to respond to that. Uh, either either <laughs> the remaining merch messages or the thing yeah, that you have right, to show me. Yeah, right. The thing I was going to show you. Yeah. Um, so I got a new wallet. Yeah. Okay. Check it out. What do you think? Wow. I didn't think it was... Wow. It feels pretty nice. It's leather. Oh, Real leather. I not show that, I guess. Well, no. It's behind your laptop. You're good. You're okay, good. Yeah. Uh, that's okay. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Handmade. If I didn't know who made it, I would not assume that it was necessary. There's yeah. like only one part that feels a little handmade-y, and yeah. it's that one card slot. Yeah. Uh, my, my wife made me a wallet, which I think is super cool. So it's got like a spot for cards and money. It's got another more different spot for my ID with a little window in it. And I'm I'm super jazzed, which is great because my old wallet was falling apart. So yeah. I I, had, I <laughs> it got to the point where I've never cared about you know appearances like that. You know, like I I I wouldn't make sure that okay, people Lambo. see my Louis Vuitton wallet wallet when I pull out my credit card. You know, like I I never I never really cared about that kind of personal image kind of stuff um I, I don't i don't get satisfaction from people knowing that i paid a lot for this thing but <laughs> it was at the point where it was like kind of embarrassing because it like had just shreds of leather leather hanging off of it like i'd gotten to the point where i kind of tried to like take my card out oh, sort of under the counter it. and yeah. Beep, yeah, put it back in <laughs> <laughs> but i'm uh, why is he french uh, louis vuitton Okay, don't you think this is a French name? Sorry, <laughs> I'm sure there's enough French blood in me for me to do that accent. Uh, Adam B says, "What is the future for Floatplane? Trying to become more like YouTube? No. If not, what are you going for?" Well, one of our one of our employees is trying to get his uh, his uh, certification to be able to fly a Floatplane. Really? Uh, yeah. Okay, that's super cool. So. So uh, I think he's watching too. So that's that's the current you know developmental path. We're gonna move into actual flow planes. Um, no, I, I uh, we're we're trying to make the platform better, and we're making more stuff. Should I talk about the thing? Have I talked about the thing sure. before? I think I have. Yeah, just talk about everything. So we're working on uh, something that the internal name is Floatplane as a service. Fast, fast. We want to go fast. Uh, we'll probably come up with a cooler name than that because I mean, as cool. a service is uh, yeah. a little not trendy right now. But the idea is we've, we've had a lot of people reach out to us and be like, hey, like, I would like to do the same thing as you, sort of. Like, I would like to have my own platform. I don't necessarily want to join yours. I don't necessarily want to join any. I would just like to have my own. Yeah. Um, so we've thought like, okay, that's pretty fair. Because that's why we made our own too. Um, so we're trying to take the tools and the 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 uh, I guess just the powerful tools that we have made for Flowplane. Um, and they're and, like super baller, actually, especially yeah. compared to what we know a lot of other people are using. <laughs> yeah. So we're we're trying to make it so that other people can have their own sites, so they don't have to be on Flowplane. And then we would just offer both. Creators could just join Flowplane or. They can make their own thing that you guys can join, and it's it's their own stuff. But we manage the back end. We 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 make sure it all 
all runs nice and good. And if creators want to head over to Floatplane because Vimeo screwed them over or whatever, we're we're super down. You know, come on, come yeah. on over. But the thing that people have to understand is that Floatplane's service is priced like it costs to deliver video. Because if you don't price it like it costs to deliver video, then people get a big surprise when all of a sudden they their you know couple hundred dollar bill turns into thousands of dollars, like what happened with some Vimeo users. Because serving video online is super freaking expensive. It's just that simple. Yeah, someone asked any comments about the Vimeo drama. I've been tweeted about this too, and my answer every time is just, yeah, it's expensive. Yeah. If 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 watching a stream or a video is not expensive, then you're either paying for it in some other way or you are the product. It's, it's one of those things because it is just not a cheap thing to do. Um, and it's been delivered cheaply to a lot of people for a long time by a very small amount of extremely large companies yep. um, that are making money in other ways. And that's it. Like by selling your data, which we don't do. Yeah. Travis C says, Linus, do you see LTT creating any new YouTube channels? I should certainly hope so. If we don't manage to create any more channels ever, then we suck. Uh, Parth P says, hey, great to catch the show live. By the way, my family owns a grocery store and we're looking around to upgrade our cameras. Any recommendations for a small business? Man, um, oh, that's tough. You know, if I was a small business, I'd probably just go wise cameras. They're so cheap and they like work. You know, if I was baller, I'd go ubiquity because man, is their stuff ever nice, their camera stuff. But wise cams, they get, it's that 80-20, right? Like they get you a lot of the way there. Hey, Linus and Luke, what software are you going to use for record playback of your home security cameras? The software that came with my POE cameras is crap. Ubiquity. Oh, so good. So good. it has problems, but it's mostly so good. Thanks, Auto G, for the merch message. Last one. Paul H says, hey, given that the Labs lead is starting in the next month-ish, is there a ballpark ETA for the first video to come out of LMG Labs that you feel comfortable revealing? No, not yet. I don't want to promise anything. And I've told the folks that are working on it so far, like your guys' job for the next six months is to think. Yeah. And Establish. build processes yeah. and spend money. Yeah. Don't waste money, but spend it. That's pretty much the mission that I've set for them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think that's pretty much it for the WAN show. Little shout out reminder that I will fix those forms. Uh, let's try to get them in the description. I will, I will fix them right when I get home. So yeah, please apply. We need peeps. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the WAN show. We will see you again next week. Same bad time. Same Bad channel. Bye. Bye.